0: You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network.
1: The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright. The power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California, and I'm so happy you could be with me because we have none other than Mr. Medium himself, James Van Prague, with us. And he is going to be telling us about how to get through the holidays, especially when we're missing someone that recently has passed. You're going to learn some really terrific and amazing things on this show tonight. And I got to tell you that I was so impressed by James. He is so real and so personal, such a sweetheart, and his energy is so full of love. What a wonderful man he is. Anyway, I was so surprised to hear that not only was he the creator of the TV series, The Ghost Whisper starring Jennifer Love Hewitt, he was their executive producer. Even more amazing, before he created Ghost Whisper, Ted Danson starred in a TV movie that was... James Van Prague's biographic story. So he has a long history working in Hollywood, as well as being a best-selling author. I mean, he has written so many books. It's just amazing. I can't even count them all. I want you to stay tuned, because he is going to be talking about his good friends, Dr. Wayne Dyer and Debbie Ford, which I thought was the most moving story I have ever heard. I just loved it. So get ready for a really tremendous show tonight. And before I get into it, I've got to make sure you know about our April 8th cruise to Cozumel out of New Orleans. We chose New Orleans because it's the halfway point between each coast to make it easier for people to get there. So all you need to do is put down your $100 deposit, which of course is fully refundable if you decide you can't go. And if you're in need of a cabin mate, well, don't worry about it. For some reason, after 10 cruises, we always have the right number of cabin mates and everyone always gets along beautifully. It's really amazing. I guess it has to do with being Law of attraction and like-mindedness, I guess, because everybody loves each other. Now, this is a five-day cruise, and we have some very, very powerful workshops. Of course, my pal Constance is coming, and you know she's always fabulous, and the wonderful and accurate psychic, Dr. Michael Mosley, and oh my gosh, He has freaked me out a couple of times about how accurate he really is. Really amazing. We also have Gary Temple Bodley coming on this cruise again, channeling Joshua. And this time we have David Strickle who channels the stream. And I heard a rumor that quite possibly there's going to be a hot seat and both of them are going to be channeling in the same wor- workshop, delivering advice to your questions. Wow, so you're getting two for the price of one. <laughs> anyway, this is going to be great fun. We also have the lawyer of attraction, Paula Kid Casey, giving a very phenomenal and powerful workshop. You know, she was trained personally by... Bob Proctor, and oh my goodness, you're going to love her because, wow, she gets down to the nitty gritty, she's powerful, she's so entertaining, and you walk away totally understanding what it's all about, and well, I am doing a group hypnosis session to raise your vibration up enough to connect you to the energy of all that is, you're going to feel absolute love and believe me you're at the personal level in which to manifest your desires because if you can feel that powerful love energy that is the energy you need to create that's what the universe is all about so this is a major cruise that will change your life and besides that, you're going to have oodles of fun as well as we go to Cozumel and Yucatan for a wonderful day of fun. So go to LOARadioNetwork.com forward slash LOA cruise or simply go to LOARadioNetwork.com and hit the LOA Cruise menu button and you'll see all of the information you need to know about this fabulous cruise. And while you're on the LOA Radio Network site, oh my goodness, download the November 1st issue that is featuring James Von Prague. This article is so incredible. So Anyway, we need to get on with the show because you're going to love, love, love it. So with that, let's take a fast commercial break and we're going to be right back with uh, the wonderful James Van Prague. Stay tuned.
0: It's here, it's hot, and it's a must read. It's the science behind the Law of Attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. That's lawofattractionmagazine.net.
1: Well, welcome, James Van Prague. I am so excited to talk to you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Am I? Am I look okay? Have you seen me all right? No.
1: Yes, you look great. <laughs> Fabulous. This is
0: <in> my office.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, at the beach, no less.
0: Yeah, in San Diego, so it's a nice office here. Yeah. Yes. Um,
1: yes. Yeah. I have literally followed you for, oh gosh, I guess it's been about 25 years. So. Oh,
0: could be. I've been doing this for about 36 years now. So yeah.
1: Wow. time goes by fast, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> and now you have got a school I do. Uh, that you are teaching people how to connect to those beyond the veil. Right. Now, that's powerful because that's something we all need to understand is important right now. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Very correct. Very correct. And, and it's really interesting that people, I find that most people still, I mean, things have changed and the consciousness has, has shifted, of course, it really has, compared to when it first started in the early 90s. Um, it, it's different, but everybody has, doesn't know enough yet about mediumship and they mix up psychic or, and mediumship and it's two very different things. So I, I, part of my legacy, I'll say, is developing the school. I always wanted to do this online school, and I wanted to put in there um, information that would help a lot of people across the board and really from all areas of the world. So um, the online courses that I have there, and there are 65 videos per course. That's the average. Wow. I get homework, and I'm, I'm very passionate about mediumship and, and the work that I do, in healing work. So this course on healing is a course on psych- well, psychic portals. I mean, that way, 28-day transformation for those people that want to pass Stuff Get rid of their stuff and come back to their authentic soul self and know who they are. So I have, you know, I was going to be a therapist in life. I was going to be a psychotherapist early on, early on. And um, so I think I do a little bit of that with my mediumship. So putting that in the courses, and it's a whole array of different types of healing courses, certification courses. Right now I'm working a writing course, which will be out next week. Wow. So i have how to write a book and I walk, I really, it's a four-month course. And I walk everyone through the process and I'm there to assist them. So. It's a whole array. It's called the JVP School of Mystical
1: Arts. Now, you, it, I think it's important right now that, that we learn how to do this because we really, I think, are moving beyond just our 3D world and we're understanding that there's so much more that we don't see that we need to know.
0: Yes. The, the, the only difference between us and the spirit world, we're souls that are incarnate in the body and their souls just outside the body. And all around us are worlds, there's realms, there's energy. As we know, this um, we're this three-dimensional world, but there are radio waves, television waves, microwaves, gamma rays, X-rays, all around us These rays of energy, yet we're not attuned to them because they're at a different frequency. And I think it's important for every person to at least become aware of their intuitive self, their soul self. And because um, you know, intuition means into the soul. It's the soul's voice, if you will. And I think when people are attuned to their intuition, that gut feeling, um, then they can make better choices in their life. And and I always say that life is a series of choices, either love or fear. And I think if people just knew that and they knew how to resonate in their intuition and feel it and go for, like, let's say, a new job or a relationship or whatever it might be and using their intuition and working that intuition, they'll, they'll only choose what's right for them. Because it's important, sweetheart, that, you Know most people that I meet that I teach are so in their heads, Yes. They become, become so programmed in life from an early age that we get programmed. You gotta do this to be loved, you gotta do this to get a in school, you gotta do this to be accepted by society. So people become so programmed in that way that they and those people pleasers. I want to please somebody, they want to yes. be approved, they, they only get love if they do this. So I find that in midlife, people many, many people, many clients like people, most people I find find that life is empty in some way. And they and the reason why is because they're not living their own truth. They're living someone else's life, not their own life. So what I'm doing is kind of reminding them to the reprogram and get back to their true self.
1: That's and
0: amazing. what other people think of them is then their business. It doesn't matter what other people think.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that. But so... So you're saying that our own emotional issues are blocking us from getting into our correct intuition in order to contact or connect. Yeah.
0: Not only emotional, but you know, other things, traumas from the past and childhood, you know, traumas there, um, emotions. We'd say that, you know, I see the energy, the body as an energy, a flow of energy. And when there's, let's say, an emotional experience or a trauma that happened in childhood, um or, or whatever it might be in a relationship or a self-worth problem there, we have to release that because that what that does if we hold on to that emotional charges it blocks up the energy from flowing so it kind of dams things up yeah. and if we let that sit there and and rot i guess would be a strong word it'll create a um, um an imbalance in the body and there's no easement so that creates this ease Embody, mind, spirit. So, we want to make sure we're very open to that. And, you know, it's really important. This is a really good way of seeing it. It's helped me. If people could just change their perspective and look at themselves as a soul having an experience, not the other way around, and kind of get to a space of observation. Okay, this happened to me for a lesson for my soul to grow. That divorce happened for that reason. I break up, my son passed away. These are all lessons for the soul to learn. And if we look at it that way, you know we're human. We have to have human experiences, but if we step back and we become very objective and watch it, it'd be a lot easier.
1: <laughs> wow! So in fact, we are kind of our the our own worst enemy. Without
0: a doubt. <laughs> Without. Without a
1: doubt. Oh, okay. <laughs> good. So we got to change the mindset a little bit. Okay, and and your school helps yes, exactly. to do okay. that. So we become aware of some of those issues that perhaps we've even forgot about. What
0: about... And also, which is a really important one is forgiveness. Because oh, a yeah. lot of people hold on to stuff a long time ago, they can't forgive. And mostly families are a big learning tool Some of it's also. this group family stuff and now the dynamics. And I find a lot of people can't let go of stuff that happened many, many years ago in their family. The dynamic is strange, or stressed. And that's a great learning tool, really. So it's changing the
1: perspective. Wow, wow. So, we are in this new phase where we're willing to learn more about the world. the, the world
0: ourselves. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, now, can I ask a question about that? Yes. When, ma'am. Oh, thank you. Yes, when, ma'am. when a thought or a person pops in our head without us even really thinking about it, is that a sign that they want to, like my dad's always popping in my head?
0: So, so what that means is, you know, this is really funny. It's very interesting. And I, I like the way I, I portray or portrays it portray through me. They say that the soul is 80% out of the body and only 20% in the body. So more Ooh. of us out of the body than in the body. And the soul is the mind. It's part of the mind. The mind is the soul. The soul is the mind. So after passing, after physical death, the release of the spirit, right, more gets integrated into that bigger mindset. And what happens is our loved ones love us so much, they come around and watch us all the time. They're aware of us all the time. It, they're not living in a linear world, so they can come in different ways. So what's going on is they will send you thoughts telepathically from, from their mind to your mind, and they'll send you a thought of themselves. They'll send you a memory. They'll send you a feeling. So like I always tell people, you know, you are driving your car and all of a sudden you think of your dad or your mother's pops in your head. It's not you creating it. It's usually them sending you a thought. Wow. So when your dad does that, have a conversation with him and let him fill that space, that mind space above you. And you can easily have a conversation telepathically with your dad. Everybody can do that.
1: So it's really the kind of the first step to getting your intuition going so that you can connect.
0: Yeah. The first step is, is trusting your intuition, is trusting yourself. Ooh, trusting yeah and opening up that space around, like, your head. Like, you know it's your dad, but most people those don't think it's your dad. They, they're making this up. So they, they got, to get to a sort of space of um, trust of self and really surrendering, surrendering their mind, opening themselves up to the possibility that it is indeed a spirit, friend, family member coming to them. because that love never dies. Love like life never dies.
1: Wow. So <laughs> let me ask you, because we're coming up on the holidays. Oh, and- lovely
0: time, isn't it?
1: It's wonderful, but, but so many people feel the loss of, of their loved ones. How can we feel better? What would, what would your suggestion be?
0: Well, loved ones always are around during the holiday season, more than they're there. They're there observing things, they're with you. Um, I often tell people to, let's say, uh, Thanksgiving dinner, to set another place at the table for them up there and have a conversation with them. Uh, Christmas time, buy them a gift and have it under the tree or whatever, or, or Hanukkah, there. It's, just, it's just, you want realize they're not dead, they're still around us. I also, another exercise, I talk about this in school a lot, where I have the person, if they want to contact their loved ones, especially during the holidays, to write them a letter. You write them a letter, and then you fold it and put it away in an envelope and put it in your desk or someplace, and on your calendar, write down response, like a week later, and you sit down, and a week later's time when you set it up, and you put out a piece of paper and you write a letter from them to you in response to your your letter. It wow. Works.
1: Wow. That is a great idea. I never thought of that in a million years. That is so really
0: cool. Well. It works really well.
1: Oh, I'm gonna try that. <laughs> so so when you started this, was it a natural ability or something that you developed?
0: Both. So oh. I, I start and most we didn't go that way. Most most uh, in, you know good, genuine, authentic medium, um, it, you're born with that in that I think everybody's born with the ability to play the piano, but not everybody's a concert piece. You have to have that foundation, first of all. So as a child, I used to see spirit all the time. I used to see spirit around people. I used to see colors and lights around people, known as the auric field. I remember when I was uh, seven years old, I was saying prayers to my mother at nighttime, and I said, "Mommy, who are those people at the end of the bed with lights on? And she said, oh, those are God's angels. You see them too? I saw them when I was a little girl. You, nothing to be afraid of. They're there to help you. They're from God. They're loving me. they're loving. I said, okay? So I never was afraid. So i had have experienced as a child and um, then it stopped in my teenage years because other things happened like puberty. And <laughs> my mind was elsewhere. Yeah. And I really wanted to be a, a sitcom writer because I'm funny as you can see. And I thought I was from New York. I went to California to San Francisco State and had a broadcasting degree. Make a long story short, ended up in Los Angeles and Got a couple of things um, sold, a couple of a couple of pile, uh, scripts, if you will. But then I went to a, I was working at a talent agency, temporary job, and a lady said, "Do you want to go see a medium?" And I said, "Oh, I don't know what that is." She said, "Someone talks to dead people." I said, yeah, "I don't believe in that." Didn't really have a sense of it. <laughs> so I went and I, I walked into this room, this apartment, this gentleman's medium from England. He said, "Oh, you're a medium." And I said, "What?" And I just moved there from you know I was in New York, I was a cynical New Yorker, and heard, California landed fruit and nuts. I'm like, oh, this is perfect, isn't this so perfect? So he said to me in two years' time, spiritually we're gonna use you. You're a medium in two years' time they're gonna use your design. And I thought this guy's crazy. But he did bring through details and evidence of my loved ones that passed over. So that got me fascinated, opening up like, wow, there might be a possibility that this stuff is real. So I went to a place called the Bodhi Tree Bookstore, which you probably are familiar with, the Bodhi Tree, right? From Los Angeles on Mel Rose. And I went every Saturday, and I just pulled books out. I was like a sponge; I couldn't stop. Meditation, near-death experiences, UFOs, even I was psychic stuff, life after death. I couldn't get enough. Of it. And I'd sit there all day breathing. And I used to go to photo shoot. I like down breathing. So I ended up um, meditation, meditating. I meditated just to get you know. For, I, I understood that it was you can visualize your future, and it helps you to do that. So I would meditate, not knowing how to. And I would just work with the breath, and it would involve the breath, and I'd visualize myself as a TV producer and writing things or whatever it was, and writing a book. And it doesn't put a media. So temporary jobs, um, I'm gonna through a bunch of series of temporary jobs. Ended up at Paramount Studios. And um, one afternoon, my coworker went into her cubicle, and behind her was a dead lady, a spirit lady. And she looked right at me, and she telepathically said, that's my granddaughter. Tell her her grandma's fine in heaven. I'm alive, and I love her. And then she told me this whole thing about um, Idaho. I had a house in Idaho, yellow house with white shutters and needlepoint. needlepoint, Tell her all about that. And I thought, wow, this is wacky. So I asked the coworker and she said, that's my grandmama. And we made a a pact that when she dies, she gets a heaven or whatever, that she'd come back and let me know she was okay. And every summer I used to go to her house in Idaho that was with colors. And the last thing she did was she taught me needlepoint and we made a footstool cover together. Wow. And... um, so I freaked out. I was like, this is too crazy. No, and I ran out of Paramount. Never to go back again. And I ran to my apartment and I was freaking out because I saw dead people. And this is back in the early '90s, and it was like that. It wasn't talked about then. It wasn't really out there. And I didn't know what to do because I've never normal life now. Like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? I see dead people. How do I live life? How do I? What do I do? What I do? How can I, you know, continue to be a sitcom right when I see dead people? So the. The only person I thought I could call would understand I me and think I was crazy was that medium that i had seen. And his name was Brian Hurst. And I said, Brian, I saw this dead lady, and she's talking to me, and she, the, the lady, her granddaughter, understands everything. And he said, James, calm down, calm down. And he goes, James, do you remember the prediction of the spirit world, made, that you're going to be a medium? I said, yes. He said, James, that was two years ago today.
1: Wow. Ooh, goosebumps.
0: No, so my life changed, and... I went with him he taught me a lot i sit in development with, with brian Hurst for many years i sit every tuesday night for an hour for seven years in the quiet to develop my abilities to to develop that mediumistic of, of the power if you will to, to open yourself to expand and to be able to be discerning if hearing can spirit voices spiritual and my own so that's the hardest part of mediumship is it coming from yourself or outside yourself right. so yeah so i sat in development for seven years and I started doing readings for people, and um, it got word of mouth, but I was busy for like three, four months booked out ahead, then a year, and it was all word of mouth. They didn't advertise, and then a producer from Solve Mysteries came, and I was on their TV show, and then I was on a show called The Other Side on NBC, and it was a morning TV show, and that was kind of the first big paranormal show out there, and it was with a man by the name of Will Miller was the host, and it was at nine o'clock every morning on NBC, and it was a national show. It did really for one year. I think it was Before It's Time, but um, I was their number one guest and that's when things went crazy. You know, Then I was on Larry King and that went crazy and my book, my first book talking to heaven, went from 6,000 initial copies that the publisher was going to be a stinker because no one's going to want to read about the dead. You know, I said that's wrong because everybody has these two common experiences as humans. We're born and we die and people know a little bit about birth. But they don't know yet about death so we want to give them more information. And That was very accurate and uh, with anyway, the book worth 6,600,000 copies within a month. Wow. And number one for 26 weeks on Your time of the Celebus. That and really catapulted me into the, the of the world stage, I guess you'd say.
1: Well, and not only that, be- I was surprised to learn. I mean, I watched The Ghost Whisper. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't know that you were the creator I created for- that show. <laughs> Oh my God. So, were those real experiences from some you? Some
0: of were real experiences or based upon some real experiences. Um, we brought in a specialist by the name of Marianne Minkowski, who's a ghostbuster, basically. And she's from Ohio, and she would clear houses of um, earthbound spirits. Now, personally, you know, everybody has their belief about earthbound spirits. I don't believe they're so readily like we portrayed the show. There might be some emotional blockages. When we talked about block, emotional blockages. Where, for instance, it might be, you us say, a, a young man passes 24 years of age, and he grew up in a very religious household, and he was told that he's going to be you know in a certain way, and if he doesn't do this, he's going to go to hell. Well, he might have lived a lifestyle that maybe was acceptable for whatever reason, so he's afraid to go into the light. So that's understandable. Or let's say there's a man that um, is on his way to work, gets hit by a train, and he pops out of the body, and it's like, my wife doesn't know what the insurance paper's are we might have to hang out a little bit and try to get to her. And just like the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze, he stood around a little bit to make sure his girlfriend was safe. So those sorts of things do happen. Um, and at that's the show, was really based upon that experiences. Um, that's, that's really what it was based upon. It was based upon that. And at the end of every show, if you notice, my, my thumbprint, I guess you'd say, uh, and I told CBS when I, when I did that show, two, two or three movies before that, with them? Movies the movies that we've very, very well, one was my biography with Ted Danson playing me because he looked so much alike, right? So uh, And that did very well for them. And then Nina Tesla at the time was the head of CBS. She said, can you come up with a series? And that's really what it was based upon. And so I, I really created the series. I didn't get the credit for it because I didn't realize, and no one told me, you have to write the pilot in order to get creative by credit. Uh-huh. So that was kind of screwed up. Uh-huh. <laughs> no one tells you those sorts of things. But listen, it, it, it was a show, and my thumbprint is at the end of the show, every episode of Ghost Whisper, she brings him into life. So she brings him into love and healing. And because I said it's very important that you leave this, I want to be responsible for what goes out in the air, that goes into people's minds. That's broadcasting, and I had a broadcasting degree, and I, I thought, you know, we have to be responsible of what we could have in the ethers. There's so much stuff out there which is dark and fearful, fear-based, still is, right, even more now. But uh, so I want to make sure that, listen, I'm just something with ethics and responsibility and that would really, people leave that show and then they have to hide in a loving state. They might get scared at the beginning or fearful, but then it goes right into that loving healing part, which talks really about, I guess it's a like human life, really. We go and get fearful and scared and we leave the body and plant that light, so,
1: yeah. That, that is so cool because I remember the sixth sense, it did get, give you a lot of fear.
0: I you know this is a not, this is like off the table here but um, I I can't say for sure but um, M Night Shakur wrote that him and I had the same agent that was a talent agency and I had a book my book in the heaven and the agent same agent had that book and M Night Shakur wrote Sixth Sense and my book is very similar to Sixth Sense and when I was watching Sixth Sense I thought, those are my experiences I used to go to the church to see people I used to go into bed and see people wow. So, but it was always positive, loving things. I didn't say negative things or fearful things. And I think that they wanted to make it scary. Yeah. And that's why they did success. But I, A great, great movie, of course. I can't, you can't take away from that. The movie yeah. that was really con- correct was Ghost, though. I thought Ghost did a really great job at, at depicting that and that love never dies. And I just thought that was a really great movie. I gave a standing ovation in the theater. I
1: loved it. I loved it. So let me ask you then, with Patrick Swayze, going off into the light, is that the real thing? Yes.
0: Usually usually the light is there, or the tunnel experience, or light spirit a different level of consciousness. And it usually happens right away, in that the spirit world is ready for you. They're waiting for you. There's a reunion. They kept, they're anticipating your arrival. So they'll set up with your arrival. They'll be there at the bedside, or wherever you're going to be, they were already set up for that. So you'll see someone that you know and you go right toward them because you feel their love. And before you know it, you're out of the body and there's no pain in death. there's painless. And so it's like, wow, where am I? You're out of the body. So we do it every night. We go to sleep. We leave our body in dream state. The soul will leave the body every night. I'm um, usually the crown chakra. So what happens is many times people feel like a, a jolt or they feel, oh come back. Yeah. Because you're not leaving the correct axis of the crown chakra. So you come back in. So we go every night. We go to spirit world. We call it dream world, the spirit world, and we see our loved ones. A lot of people have dreams of their loved ones. That's why. We see our guides. We, have, we see what's going to happen in the future for us in, in the linear world, the human world. So we work on lessons over there. We go to schools over there. We help other souls over there. So we work a lot at night many times, or sometimes we just don't. We just sit with family. So we do. We're very active in the night and time. nighttime. Um, yeah, and then we come back in the morning into the body. into the consciousness of the body. That's so awesome.
1: that that is so cool i love it so but before someone passes and they're fearful because of the unknown uh when they the moment they pass are they feeling good or comfortable or
0: yes so uh, so this goes back to i wrote a book called adventures of the soul and it's a, it's a really good book It talks about death experience and the reason i wrote that book uh, adventures of the soul was because i worked with a lady by the name of debbie ford and Debbie, oh, yeah. you know the shadow effect and she worked with shadow and she was known for that and we became very good friends for years and you know she, she got me publishing deals I got her publishing deals we, we did different things with each other we did a lot of events together um, she said to me once can you help me I have a rare cancer would you help me pass over when the time comes wow. I said of course I would so years passed two years passed and, and I was not in touch with her all the time because I was traveling she was getting uh, chemo and different things going on Toward the end, there I was very aware of what's going on, and she was actually in hospice. And her good, um, her sister Ariel Ford, a good friend of mine as well, would say to me, you know, she's she wants to speak to you. So I talked on the phone. She said, "Is it going to be okay, James?" I said, yes, Debbie, I will. She said, would you help me?" I said, "I will guide you. I will guide you. Just don't be afraid. It'll be fine. Just okay. I love you. I love you." Those are the worst words, best words. Two days later, uh, three days later, and I went to Palm Springs, right? <laughs> I came back, and um, Ariel called me. She said. She won't go. She will not leave. She, the, the hospice and nurse cannot believe it. She's never had a patient like this. And Debbie was very stubborn. She won't leave. She goes, my damn sister won't leave. Why won't she leave? Can you Please find out. So I, I said, sure. So I, so I went to the meditative state. I went to this meditative state in my office. And it was really cool. Got in this level where I saw Debbie, beautiful Debbie. And I was talking to her and I said, it was like mind to mind again. I said, Debbie, why won't you go? It's okay to go. No, James. I said, Debbie, why won't you go? She it's just weird. I feel like I've been given um, a, a set of keys for a car, but I don't know how to drive it. I said, okay. I, said, I have an 18-year-old son. I don't want to leave him. I said, but, you know, he's going to college. He's okay. Everything's thick You're fine. It'll be okay. I said, Debbie, it's fine. And I was able to tell the three men on the other side of the veil to come get her. One was his father figure, father, and then two friends of hers in Miami, which was later validated by a sister, Arielle, they had passed over. But I saw them. They're waiting. I said, Debbie, just feel like you're a feather just floating. Or you know what better yet? The Wizard of Oz. You know, the yellow brick road. You're going to Oz. But feel yourself floating, by and love the love that's coming toward you. Will it be okay? So said, yes, just go for it. Relax, breathe into it, and enjoy the ride. And she said, okay. You promise. I promise. to okay, love you again. And that's it. Then what happened was I went into my living room, and um, I was watching television, and my husband, Brian, came in the room. Uh, oh, and this freeze. It's like 15 minutes later, half an hour later freezing cold, ice, ice cold, all around, oh, freezing. And Brian walks into my to the TV room, and he said, did you leave a door open? He's a double Virgo. Did you leave a door open? And I said, no, Debbie passed. And he said, no. So, of course, he checked his the door open. There was no door open. So he came back in the room. He goes, oh, Debbie. And the phone rings, and it was Ariel, and she wanted to tell us that Debbie just passed. Wow. I said, oh, I know. So I wrote this book because at 5 o'clock in the morning, Debbie came again
1: as Debbie would,
0: and she was really strong about, please write down this experience. you got to share it with people. So I wrote Adventures of the Soul, and she said, I feel so light. I mean, I, it's just like a dress like God's, God's ear, God's wings, and I, I'm light. Why did I worry so much? Why did I worry so much about what people think of me, about how my looks? Why was I so put up with the human characteristics of the, my appearance? Why did I waste that worry? And so I put, I put all that in the book, and it, it's really interesting, because to have some, um a colleague and who's very aware and yet she had that fear at the end. And then from the point of view when she passes to the light and she comes right back, it's a good book and it's a good experience. And you know, she comes to me a lot in my workshops now. She'll pop it on the plane, ride and one the plane. She'll oh, Deb, you're here. She's yeah to do a workshop with you. I okay.
1: <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: That, that that's our home. This is our school. That's our home.
1: You know, I interviewed her once and she's very strong. Person very um, strong, and and a little bit of stubbornness in there. Uh, I loved her. I thought she was terrific. So right. what a terrific story for me to hear. I think that's wonderful.
0: Correct. Wow,
1: wow. So there, the school. Let's get back to the school gotcha. because we. I, I just think this is something that we need.
0: We do. That's why that we developed it
1: so why did we come here in the first place is it i just need confirmation why are we human
0: well that's a good question very good question so number one we're souls having a human experience it's a better way of putting it and the soul needs to learn to experience to grow to grow and expand and there are different spaces and places that the soul can do that so one of those schools so There are many schools and there are millions and millions of galaxies and Planets and so forth. I mean, the spirit world once said to me, because I said, I asked them, I said, you know, someone in my audience might want to know, where is the earth compared to, you know, an the evolutionary ladder? <laughs> he said, well, James, think of the earth as a grain of sand on the beach. That's how immense it wow. is. My-
1: and that
0: really like the things in perspective like, wow. So the human world, earth world, they say, is a school. Mm, so sad. It's a school. That is a very important school because are, um, it, it's a place where souls from all different levels come back to. Baby souls who have experienced even conditions before, learning about you know, what to do, what it's like to be human, so they're crawling, right? And then there are those light beings, those um, postgraduate souls, let's say, that come back to heal, to help, to bring the consciousness up, to bring love to the planet, to bring love to each other. And then there are the middle souls, middle-grade school souls, Still learning too, so we come back to that experience of, of the human condition in order to learn about love really and, and whether it's self love, having a relationship with ourselves. You can't love another person truly if you don't love yourself first. And I, the way I say that is I say, Love yourself more than anybody could, love yourself more than anybody could, and, and, and it's really that's what it's about. So we learn love in different ways and different aspects. And because you have these souls and multiple levels, baby soul, postgraduate. Just because you have that, it sets up all these different scenarios and dramas with people. So Mm -hmm. it forces us to go within sometimes to who am I? What's this journey of self-discovery? It kind of forces us to look within ourselves and how we're going to choose this or choose that or do this or do that. So that's where we come back. Wow.
1: I love that because I... It is important for us to learn how to love ourselves, and that's so often neglected. I mean, we really don't even we focus on being the victim, and instead we need to find. Wait a minute, let's go back to me.
0: That's right. That's right. And you know, a lot of people who are into this work are sensitive, are impasse, and uh, one of the one of the courses I have in school just is a really great course. Um, it's tools for a highly sensitive person.
1: Okay. Oh wow. Yeah,
0: it's really strong. It's ways to recognize the energy around you, whose energy it is, who's stuck onto you. Because, you know, thoughts are things. So when someone thinks of you, you're the target. That thought goes right to you. That thought form goes right to you. And it stays with you until you get rid of that thought form. So I have ways of methods I talk about in that course about letting go of releasing foreign energy from your space. First, recognizing the foreign energy and then getting it out of your space. There are techniques and methods that i I put in the course for that, so it's it's wow. really good. It really works, and you know, people come and say, God, you look so much younger, you're so much younger." Well, it's because I do these methods every day in the shower or in my meditation, and I'm in my own energy field. I don't have other people polluting my energy field, and I'm in the public eye. So you imagine. So after every show, I do an event. I do I go through my whole my whole shtick of uh, you know self self care to the soul.
1: Wow. Yeah. That is so cool. Oh, boy, I can see I, I need something like that. I'm going to have to take that. <laughs> yes, because... you have to. <laughs> Whoa, that's exactly what my issue is. I can feel it. Yeah. Oh, boy, that's really good. Yeah, and a lot
0: of stuff. It's not, it's not our stuff. It's other people's stuff. We don't realize it. I once had it happened a long, long time ago, probably 25 years ago. I was in an apartment in Los Angeles, and I did two readings a day. And the first reading, eleven o'clock in the morning, I got the space, all set up the, the incense and the music and it was really nice. Like, ah and the doorbell rings and I open up and it says lady and she's crying her eyes out. And I looked at the auric field she had, there was rips and tears and holes and thrush, you know, shreds, I guess you could say. Like like pink pen and Charles Schultz comics. Was like, oh and she came in and said, oh, please come in. And she sat down a chair, and she was crying. She said, I can't sleep. I can't make up my mind. I know what's happening. I'm depressed. And a litany of things. And I said to her, it, she, and she said, what's wrong with me? And I said, it's not what's wrong with you. It's who's wrong with you. Whose energy are you carrying? So I started pulling out other people's energy from her space, not even letting her know I was doing it because it would be complicated, so I just cleaning her out there. And when you clean other people's pollution out of your space, your light can expand. So about 15 minutes, 15 minutes, she said, are, are you doing something? Because I feel like my own self again. So, and she left higher than ever. She left fantastic. Back to where she was. Doing. And I gave her the tools that she needed to, you know, defend herself of other people's energy.
1: Isn't that fascinating? And I bet a lot of people who are in psychiatric care are experiencing that. Is that correct? I would say that's a
0: factor, without a doubt. And I can't say it's a totally, but it's a factor that the other energy—they're We call it running other people's energy. So they're running other people's energy, and that's what's going on. You know, a, a lot of us who yeah. sort are of sensitives do pick up other people's stuff without knowing it. I mean, also, you know, people that do—I can't say everyone that does—crime or, or but people that alcoholics sometimes too. They'll pick up energy from if they go to these bars or stuff. They don't be aware. They could pick up some wandering spirit who was an alcoholic who misses that feeling and will uh, uh, attach themselves to somebody to get that thrill, that high. They don't feel it like they used to, but they get the memory of it. So when someone drinks a some gin and tonic and they can feel what that would be like as a memory and um, that does exist. So something to be aware of. To be mindful. So you
1: really have to be careful.
0: I would just be, be mindful, be aware.
1: Wow, wow. And so, does that happen to you now? But you have the tools to get rid of it.
0: Yeah, before I enter any, I don't go to bars, but but, you know, any place I go to, including events that I do, because I don't know who's my audience. I don't know. And you know, my audiences, they're people that are very, some are depressed, some are very, they're grieving, they're desperate. So, I have all that energy there. So, before an event, I will go through at least 20 minutes beforehand backstage or in the green room, really going through these different. Ways of opening up myself, bring my power in, and really—I don't want to say the word "protect," because nothing to be protective of—but I'm mindful of my space. I ground myself, and I—I I guess you'd say—enlighten my space. So I'm pretty aware, uh, and I'm pretty—I'm pretty connected. I'm pretty—I yeah. call it. You know, I, there was an old TV show called Get Smart. You might remember. Oh
1: that, yes, I remember.
0: Right, and they use the cone of silence, and they have the meeting. So I, I often tell my my audience, oh, you can't get to me at the cone of silence around. So it's true. It's where you place your mind and be mindful of the space and the energy of the space. And that for a medium is important because you're dealing with that space that if the spirit people come into that space and speak to you. And again, a vessel flew clue other living human energy, thoughts, you're not going to be able to make a connection so strong because it'd be blocked.
1: So is that something like called walk-ins?
0: No. So walk-ins is Ruth Montgomery. They have that term. She's a journalist and an author and Wrote about paranormal. That was actually the first book I read was Life in the World. Uh, was it her book? Life After Life or something? She wrote a book about uh, On the Other Side. And was the first book, I'm trying to remember the name of it. No, I don't remember the name of it. But it was the very first book I read um, about this book I read about The Other Side of Life. And she talked about walk ins that there are some souls in the living world, human world, that feel at their end of the mission or they want to leave, they don't want to stay in the body. So they leave, and another soul comes in. That's what a walk in and we had that in Ghost Whisper, by the way. We had a walk in. The, the producers put that in. I left the show after two years, so they were going downhill.
1: Uh. They
0: weren't honoring, the were honoring my work. And they did that episode about a walk in. They called it something different. And I went to one of the producers and I said, You can't call it that. It's called actually a walk in, is a term for it. And the, the man said, Believe it or not, the man said, Well, just tell your audience, you know, that we came up with that. I said, you can't do that. It's like telling a judge to come up with a different name. You just yeah. can't do that. So that was a level of experience that I go through with Hollywood. It was very difficult. Spirituality and, and um, the television world is just like poof, train wreck. But you <laughs> know, but yeah, walking. I you know I don't I don't I, I wish I knew more about it, sweetheart. But I don't know enough about it to talk about it because I don't know. I mean, is there an aspect of soul that leaves? Another comes in? Is there soul fragmentation? That happens and the part of the soul comes in, you know. Like I said, we're 80% out of the body, 20% in the body, so it's it's so hard to say in this three dimensional world. we are such so, so limited in a three dimensional world. So we, like we have our blinders on, so it's so hard sometimes to talk about those other aspects because they're beyond the human comprehension in some way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, if somebody wanted to walk into me, I would say, No way, see ya, no way. I, 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 need, I need to learn here. <laughs> I got my own stuff.
0: When's your, birth, your birthday?
1: June fifteenth.
0: So funny. I thought you were a Gemini. I said, hey, Gemini Because I know you'd love to pop in and out of your body all the time. <laughs> but one good thing with you is ground I think you're pretty grounded, so grounding really works for you because that really puts you in your body. And Geminis are like the, the you know, the balloons of, of, or the butterflies of the universe because they go from one thing to another thing. They're able to do multitasking. Yeah. And that that feeds the Gemini mind because the Gemini is ruled by the planet Mercury, it's all about the mind and and communication and uh, they have to communicate in different ways, generally. so but they got to keep grounded because they're air, it's an air sign, so they got to be grounded to the earth. So, some Gemini find it very hard to stay grounded because they want to be somewhere else doing something, but every single person should be grounded, um, no matter what sign they are. Because you know, the thing is, we're, we're here to have a human experience, and, and we really want us to be in the body fully to experience it fully, the good, bad, or ugly. We got to experience all of it fully, and if we're out of the body half the time, we're not, we're unaware of what's going on. Now I just turned 60. I'm gonna tell you, I'm pretty grounded, and, aware. and I forget what day it is now just because <laughs> my age. So it like, happens naturally anyway as you get older. But you know, when you're in the body, it's just there. The other thing is what I mentioned that comes into my mind. People that want to do spiritual work and they're so into this whole thing, there's a, a lot of ego. got to be careful with ego. Some of these good people are so evolved and like, I'm so spiritual, I'm so spiritual. Oh, I can't deal with those matters of the earth. Like, what is that about? And I say, no, you can't be so spiritually evolved that you know earthly good. <laughs>
1: Ooh, that is powerful. Yeah. That is so true, huh? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, you must run into a lot of different people who are mediums.
0: A lot, a lot of different people. I teach because I teach mediumship in school. I teach um, different levels of mediumship: level one, two, and three. And for level three, we just launched that. Level three is you have, the, um, uh, you have to audition basically. I have to see how you work before I'm going to bring you on as a student. It's a pretty intense uh, apprenticeship with me. And so that has to be they have to first have a great understanding and be have the skill set to be a mediumship three, but you know, I have three levels, one, two, and three.
1: So it's a personal experience with yes. you. Yes. Holy mm-hmm. cow, I bet you that is terrific.
0: Yeah, I just finished a class of nine um, three people in, and I had them come to California, and for two days to work with them and see how they're doing. And they did a student demonstration, and I pointed out, you know, for different people, different aspects and different ways to look at something. And had it have improved in this area, Let's look over here, so it was good to be with them at a physical level, you know. One on
1: one person. Gosh, gosh, your school <laughs> fan sounds so terrific.
0: Great, there's a lot of great things in school.
1: Yeah. So, even if people don't have the intention of being a medium, but want to expand their intuition, want to connect, and that's what I think we're lacking, uh, we're unable to connect. So that's how come so many people feel lost. Would you agree with that?
0: Without a doubt, without a doubt. They have no relationship with their own souls and they're looking outside themselves to fulfill themselves when really that's not gonna work. You first have to fulfill your own soul, your own self. You have to have that relationship with yourself first for able to get other things happening. And like you said earlier, a lot of people wanna play the lame game, the victim card. And that's not what it's about. We gotta be strong within our, who we are and, and realize these were experiences. You know. We, we tend to blame mothers and fathers and, and partners. And, you know We've got to take responsibility for our choices and, and for who we are. And we first got to have that relationship with self, learn who self is. And you know, when you get in that space, and the school does that with lots of courses, we help them to get into the space of self, honoring that sacred self, being who they are. And like I said earlier, which is a very common phrase from Terry Cole Whitaker, or Wayne Dyer, and that's where I got it from these other teachers. Other, um, uh, people in the field, where, what other people think of you is none of your business, and it's very, very true because people get so caught yeah. what other people think of them. And you know what? They, no one can love you more than you can love yourself. So that's our journey to get back to ourselves, and our life would be so much easier if we did that. If wow! We, you know, I mean, I, I recently met some who worked in Gardner, who worked a kind man, and I had to let him go because he was not committed to. He said, "I'll be here a certain time." He never shows up a few days later. I, I told him, "Fort, you got to be there. You got to show up." And I had to let him go the other day. He still doesn't understand why. So I, I pointed out, "I don't know if he just can't hear me, or but." So we've got to take time to be with ourselves and see who we are, and make that commitment, and then be responsible in
1: So you mentioned Wayne Dyer, um, and and have you had experiences where you can see them? on people who have passed.
0: Yes, I, I actually was, uh, was fortunate enough to know Wayne very well. He's a good friend of mine. And for the years, you know, it was the events of that get together. So I knew Wayne. And um, after he passed, um, um, another friend of mine, Doreen Virtue, um, Oh, yes! An lady, right, lady. He used to be the um, She lady. She was living in Hawaii, and uh, I went to visit her. And Wayne had just recently passed, about three months earlier. Yeah, And his assistant Dee Garnes wrote a book with him. And Dee also lived in Hawaii, and um during asked me if I'd do a reading for her and um sure enough Wayne came right through. She's the one that discovered his body actually. Oh and wow. It with him. And it was a great reading it was a great message and he, he really he's it's like he didn't stop. He just went from one phase to another and he's still um inspiring people where he's at and he's uh around his family lot. That's a lot. He's has some very good messages for his family and for for you know, the publisher of his books. Yeah
1: wow that is so neat that is so wow you live a blessed life i'll tell you to to actually see wayne dyer and debbie ford oh my goodness oh my goodness that in itself would make me want to be a medium i mean right now Ooh. i brought, um, I
0: brought through a lot of celebrities too i brought through roger Hammerstein. i brought through marx brothers i brought through ben franklin brought through lincoln kennedy who else uh, Monroe. Um, Gosh, a lot of different people I brought through. Um, gosh, who was the other one? Some some interesting people. Um, lots of different celebrities. West, a lot of different people. A lot of different people. I worked with Sean McLean here, bringing through a lot. Of Frank Sinatra's come through. Oh my um, God. Um, Sammy Davis Jr.'s come through. So had a lot of different. You know, I do work with a lot of celebrities and and a celebrity down the side. I work with a lot of different leaders of the world and different things. So I get a lot, of, a lot of interesting people come through. But this is very interesting. The personality they have here on the earth. Lucille Ball said this to me. I was in my garden, which is right after she passed over, about five months afterwards. And I didn't know her personally, but I looked close about her show and her humor. And she came to me. I was a rose garden. A rose garden that had a rose bush. And, and she came to me and she said, I said, Lucy, Lucy. And she was yes. She said, "Um, I'm not what people made me to be. She goes, they made me that way. I just came back to heal people with my humor, but they made me this thing. I thought that's really interesting. When Marilyn Monroe came through, I was doing a reading for um, uh, Lee Strasberg's daughter who was writing a a book. about. She was roommates with Marilyn in the early days. Uh And Marilyn came through at the end of the reading. It was the very end of the reading. And Norma, my name is Norma, and, and it was her. And all she said was, and she gave personal details and evidence to this, this woman, Susan. And she said, um, I wish they, being the public, would pay homage to themselves instead of to me. Mm. Isn't
1: that interesting. Wow. That is so wonderful.
0: And Prince Diana's come through me. And she said, "Supposed to be reading with her before she passed. And she came through and said, I had the choice to stay on the earth or be with them um, or, or be here. Spirit world, and she said, "I knew I could help my children more from the spirit side of life, so that's why I chose to be here."
1: Oh my goodness! And she's done a fantastic job. I
0: mean, you really see it, don't you, with Kate? someone's like wow, an embodiment of Diana. And Yeah, you see, that, you see that she's done a great, great job. Yeah, it. yeah,
1: absolutely. And those kids are even so privileged. They, they haven't had an easy time. They haven't
0: had an easy time. They're pretty, I think they're pretty down to earth. I, I really feel that they're pretty much down to earth.
1: Wow. Listen, we're almost out of time and I so enjoyed this, but I want to, I want to see if maybe there is a holiday message that you can share with the audience for the upcoming Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays. Sure. A
0: message. Sure. Um, let me just think of one. Let me me just think of one. Uh, number one, that they're not alone, that your loved ones are with you always, especially if the holidays, light a candle for them. And realize they come closer to you during the holidays than other times because they come family reunions and they join you in that connection with them. So remember, you're always connected, but especially during the holidays, you know, set a place at the table for them, light a candle, sit quietly and let them come to you. And ask them to come into your your mind and to bring a thought um, because they will do that. So just be open-minded and receive from them, especially during the holidays. You're not not alone. They're They're all around you. At that time,
1: light a candle, and you you're don't going. have to miss them because they're there. They're
0: Right there, they're right next to you. They're they're always there. and Ooh, the,
1: chills down my back. Times, that's
0: because you know it's true. that's your your validation. So mine is uh, I get very emotional, so like crying. That's my validation. People have different validation when they touched by spirit. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness, this has been a true pleasure. I can't thank, thank you. you enough. And thank, thank, you. thank you for being the cover of Law of Attraction magazine. And thank this, you for having me. <laughs> oh, I love it. And come back to Palm Springs. Okay. We love you this area. We can feel your vibes here. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us.